0: WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Thursday, October 19th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Just a beauty on the way today. Sunshine today, high 66. And then it gets bad, of course. Just in time for the weekend tonight and overnight rain, low 59, Friday showers, high 65. But if you're walking out the door with us right now, 46 and partly cloudy in Stony Point up in Rockland County, 44 and foggy in Ewing down in New Jersey, and it's 52 and partly cloudy here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up, six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Of course, the big story continues to be the mess in the Middle East and uh, was watching yesterday as I was um, sitting at home this uh, gut-wrenching images of this 12-year-old Israeli boy who was saying goodbye to his father, mother, and sisters who were all slaughtered by Hamas terrorists. Uh, the He was saved by the fact that uh, he had gone out for an early morning jog. His name is Ariel Zohar. And uh, on Saturday, that Saturday when the attacks took place, he 13 years old had gone or 12 years old gone out for this jog. And, uh, that's when all hell broke loose. Um, and, uh, he found a place to hide and well, thank God he's still alive, but boy, was it hard to watch this funeral? There he was, this 12 year old sobbing his mom, his father, uh, Yaniv, his mother, Yasmin, uh, his sisters, um, uh, all there in caskets in front of them, uh, his grandmother too. And, uh, and so you sort of say to yourself, how do you go on? A 12-year-old kid, how does a 12-year-old kid handle that emotion in that moment? And um, his aunt, his aunt, his aunt will now adopt him and he will live with her. And uh, he's set to get bar mitzvah in like three or four weeks, which of course is like, you know, huge celebration, no doubt you know, in the life of a Jewish kid. Uh, they say that'll go on, that'll have his bar mitzvah. Uh, a thousand people showing up at the Zohar family funeral yesterday, which, by the way was interrupted four times by air raid sirens and incoming rocket fire from Gaza. So any of you who think that this has ended with uh, the uh, Israeli troops amassed on the Gaza border, no, these rockets continue to come in even during this boy's funeral. But boy. Oh, it's just heartbreaking to watch that funeral. And then uh, we continue to hear from uh, people who've made it back from Israel who were stuck there amid the terrorist attacks. Just regular tourists or people who are visiting family during the holidays. One of them, a Long Island resident. Her name is uh, Natalie uh Sanda Jai. I'm sure I'm butchering her name. But she says rockets began flying overhead before the gunfire started. She was at that Israeli music festival where 260 people were slaughtered.
1: You don't know what direction to
2: run in and every decision you make either saved your life or got you killed.
0: She was uh, running for at least four hours before an Israeli local there who was driving a pickup truck offered her and others a ride back into town. This guy actually went back and forth numerous times saving lives. Again 260 people killed at that music festival in the Negev. Uh, Of course she's back home just sort of of trying to get her head around everything that took place. That going on as there was a free the hostages rally taking place outside the United Nations here yesterday. Some of the families with loved ones who were being held by Hamas in Gaza appealing to the UN to get involved. There's only one thing and only one thing to do right now. Bring them home. And that going on. It was a busy day yesterday. pro Palestinian demonstrators spilling into the streets in Steinway Street up in Astoria in Queens, which was by far the biggest pro-Palestinian march we have seen in the city since those terror attacks. There were some in Times Square in the day or Times Square the day or two after the attacks. They were not as big as this one. There were thousands of people who showed up last night marching down the streets in Astoria.
3: As people who live in the United States, we subsidize the murder of Palestinian children with our tax dollars. Free, Palestine! Free Palestine!
0: It seems like it is a big moment for the Palestinian rights movement. You can't help but notice it. Those rallies are way larger than the ones that are pro-Israeli. They expressed last night frustration at uh, President Biden being in Israel. They say the U.S. media is one-sided. They want us to look away and
3: wash the blood off of their hands by providing so-called humanitarian aid that we would not need if they didn't pay for the bombs that were dropped on the people of Gaza in the first place. A couple of days ago, people a kid in Chicago got stabbed. 26 times. That was a hate crime. And this is not right at all.
0: And down in Washington, D.C., hundreds of people uh, entering the uh, uh, Congress building, uh, Wednesday, U.S. Capitol. Uh, afternoon, they were arrested after demonstrating to demand a ceasefire in the Israel Hamas war. She yeah, that went on for a while. A U.S. Capitol Police spokesperson uh, saying that officials believe everyone went through security and then they entered this uh, Cannon House office building um, and that's when this protest broke out. Uh, there were uh, plenty of people there, uh, scores of them clad in black T-shirts bearing the message Jews say ceasefire now. There was apparently a fair amount of Jews involved in this. So at one point, there was close to 300 people in custody for these demonstrations that took place yesterday. I don't know how exactly how many of them were arrested. I imagine Capitol Police will give us a little more details on that as the uh, day wears on today. All right, let's go out to Israel. Uh, Alex Trayman, who's done a fantastic job covering everything that's been happening over there he's the ceo jerusalem bureau chief of the jewish news syndicate which you can find at jns.org of course joins us on our newsmaker line good morning alex good morning Noam give us uh, an update as what has happened let's say since the last time we talked to you 24 hours ago
2: well uh president biden finished up a, a trip in which he demonstrated uh demonstrated much backing, strong support for the state of Israel. His uh, trip to Jordan with the king of Jordan, Abdullah, uh, and the Egyptian president, Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, and Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas was canceled. Uh, So it was really clear that Biden was only here uh, to deal with one side, and he had said that the The uh, strike on the hospital, which appears that it wasn't even a strike on a hospital, but rather an errant missile that hit a parking lot, uh, was done by the other team, making it clear, really, that uh, Biden stands on Team Israel uh, this morning. Rishi of uh, Great Britain is here. Uh, A few days ago, we also had uh, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz who uh, said – Today, also uh, in in Germany, that uh, he's demanding the, the release of the hostages. Um, so there's still tension and uh, anticipation regarding an Israeli ground incursion. We haven't received word from the war cabinet that they that they have uh, approved such an operation. Although most Israelis. Can't imagine a scenario at this point in which it doesn't happen.
0: WABC News Time five ten on our newsmaker line, Alex Trayman, CEO Jerusalem, Bureau Chief of the Jewish News Syndicate, JNS.org. Uh let's talk uh, Alex, about the hostages. You had some of the hostage families here in New York yesterday appealing to the United Nations for help to get their loved ones out. Has there been any movement at all? Any new videos? Any indication of how many hostages are actually in
2: Gaza. Yeah, the IDF has just uh, released a new statement saying that there are 203 families which they've contacted now to tell them that they're that their loved ones are hostage in in the Gaza Strip. Uh, The IDF is not releasing any information about where the terrorists might be located, even if they know that, and that's obviously because if they have that information, they don't want uh, Hamas to know that they know where the hostages are located. Uh, So there's not a lot of information, but uh, certainly the families of hostages are being very vocal. Their their voices are starting to be heard uh, much more in Israeli media, and there was Uh, condemnation of of the government for allowing humanitarian aid uh, to go into Gaza uh, as long as the hostages have not been released. Is there any
0: confirmation that the families have actually heard uh, via phone calls from the captors? We'd heard some rumblings that families may have gotten messages from the terrorists who are holding their loved ones. Is that true?
2: Well, early on, they, there were reports that uh, people were calling their loved ones on their own phones, and that their phones were being answered uh, by by terrorists in the Gaza Strip. Uh, you know, so but you know, the IDF is being very, very uh, cautious with releasing any kind of information about what is going on with the hostages. Uh, you know, what what kind of messages there are that they're just not giving. They're not giving that kind of information we're not sure if they're giving uh more detailed information to the families but but even the families have not been really uh saying too much about uh, what what might be going on with their loved ones
0: did the president at all talk about the american hostages that are being held while he was there yesterday
2: yeah i think the president is rightly upset about the the u.s hostages that's part of uh the the linking up of the strong support for israel in this case and uh he did say that they would do whatever they could to to try to work diplomatic channels to get those hostages back um you know at this point we're we're not certain what those efforts might be or what they might look like um again it's a there's it's just one of those things that's just tearing at the heart of, of israelis uh they they want them back they don't know too much and and they don't know if they're ever going to get them to be honest
0: So the military has brought up all these reservists, tens of thousands of them, some of them on the Gaza border ready to go in. What, do we know what they're doing? I mean, it's been, what, a week or so since they put those, started to be, put those troops there. Are they, do we have a sense of what they're being told or when they might go in?
2: Right. There, you know, there's over 360,000 reservists that have been called up. Uh, some of them are not in the Gaza envelope. Uh, some of them are, are in the north uh, in case the the northern front breaks out in, in a more serious way than it already has and requires ground troops. Uh, but what's been going on the last several days has been a lot of uh, intelligence gathering, Um mapping out of battle plans and targets. Also, the IDF has been generating more and more and more targets in real time uh, using advanced technology and surveillance techniques. Uh, And there's been intensive uh, combat training actually taking place in the last several days. Remember, these are not active soldiers, most of them. They're reservists that are living at home, working jobs, and uh, many of them may not have had uh, intensive training intensive combat training in 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 the last period so they're actually doing that now and uh, trying to increase the chances that the moment that they go in that they will be uh, an expedited efficient fighting force that will go uh, quickly to their targets and achieve the objectives
0: so you have uh the hamas militants the terrorists on the uh, gaza border and then you have hezbollah uh in lebanon uh any signal from hezbollah i know some some rockets have been fired off from the north but do we have any sense of whether they would get involved is if israel goes into gaza with a ground war
2: i think israel has to be fully prepared that hezbollah would come in uh in full force if if the idf does enter into the gaza strip you know the the border is is beyond hot right now i mean every day there's fire back and forth across the border i uh, the IDF reporting that uh, already three IDF soldiers in the north were killed from fire, and then one civilian. And the IDF is also reporting that 13 Hezbollah militants have been killed. Uh, and this is uh, amidst you know, continuous mortar fire and uh, guided anti-tank missiles fired at Israeli at Israeli uh, positions, and, and the IDF firing back at, at Hezbollah positions. So. You know, I think it really only takes, at this point, uh, one trigger-happy uh, Hezbollah operative to send a long-range missile into Israel, and you would see full-fledged war in the north as well.
0: Is it true that Hezbollah is better trained and better armed than Hamas is?
2: Uh, absolutely, and that, that has to do with uh, where, where the two are located. In, in the Gaza Strip, you know, Hamas is mostly isolated, uh, they have the, the small border with Egypt, but Egypt and, and Israel have a peace treaty, and uh, Egypt does not allow the smuggling of weapons into the Gaza Strip. So most of Hamas's weapons are uh, manufactured locally, yes, with some Iranian know-how, but but they're locally manufactured with whatever equipment uh, Hamas can put together to manufacture those in, in southern Lebanon, there's basically a land bridge that goes from Iran, uh, through iraq and syria into lebanon and the idf has certainly been attacking positions and movements of goods in syria uh... over the last several years by air uh... but still they've been able to import uh... numerous uh... i mean uh... A, a real large cache of of weapons many of them long-range many of them iranian made and they have a much larger fighting force than Hamas as well
0: can we uh, uh, i just want you mentioned this a uh, baptist hospital in gaza where Uh, rocket fire either missed the hospital or hit the parking lot depends on, of course, who you're getting your information from. Where where's Israel stand on the death toll in that hospital? Now, Israel has said already that the rocket was a misfire on the part of Islamic Jihad. But what are they saying in terms of how many people might have been killed?
2: Well, the IDF is not inside the Gaza Strip right now, and and everybody is relying on information from the the Gazan health authorities on to what what those death tolls might look like. Now, remember that within moments of this uh, missile striking this parking lot outside the hospital, uh, everybody was told that the IDF hit a hospital and 500 people were dead. And if you compare that to what happened in Israel last Saturday, Saturday morning, in the country people thought that 200 people were killed but maybe more and then it became 300 and then it became 400 yeah and, and it wasn't until even two days later that we knew that there were over 1300 killed and yet within seconds uh the entire uh international media was reporting that 500 people were killed in a hospital uh, but it's clear that the hospital wasn't even struck uh and it what, what and I've actually been surprised that a lot of people that have been correcting the narrative about who fired the missile are, are still haven't corrected the fact the hospital wasn't even hit and that there's no indication that it was a mass casualty event whatsoever. And certainly not that 500 people were killed there.
0: All right, Alex Trayman. Um, oh, you know, I always like to check in with you. How's things with your family as you because you're amid all this everything? Okay.
2: Yeah, we're holding up. Uh, some of the kids are are back in school. Some of them in uh, in different locations. If their schools don't have a appropriate uh, bomb shelter, it's really amazing to see the resilience of of the Israelis. You know, we still have rockets coming in day after day after day, but Israelis are going to work. Uh, the the restaurants are open. People are ordering food. Uh, it's uh, it, it's part of the training here in Israel that you. You gauge what the situation is, and then you you make adjustments, and you just keep pushing forward. So tremendous resiliency by the Israeli people right now.
0: Alex Trayman, CEO, Jerusalem Bureau Chief of Jewish News Syndicate. You can check out all the great work they do, jns.org. Alex, as always, thanks so much for joining us this morning.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: 519, let's head over to the 77WABC Sports Desk. Good morning. Happy Friday, Eve. Justin Ellick.
1: Good morning. Happy Friday, Eve, to you as well, Noam And We'll start here on the Diamond. The MLB playoffs for the ALCS continued last night between the Astros and Rangers. Series now in Arlington. Road wins apparently aren't hard to come by in this series, with Houston pulling out the 8-5 victory in Game 3 to give them life. Now down two games to one. The Astros will see if they can even things up in game four, set for tonight at 8.03 p.m. as the action remains in Arlington. As for the NLCS between the Phillies and Diamondbacks, the Phillies look to all but put away the d with a two-games-to-none series lead. Heading into game three uh, this evening, first pitch, Set for 5.07 p.m. in Arizona. On the ice, no local action to get to from last night, but you have Rangers hockey to look forward to tonight. They'll be welcoming in the Nashville Predators for a 7 p.m. puck drop at the Garden. And Week 7 in the NFL is ready to kick off between the Jacksonville Jaguars and New Orleans Saints on Thursday Night Football. Kickoff scheduled for 8.15 p.m. in New Orleans, and the Saints go in as one-and-a-half-point favorites. Also out of the NFL, the league has officially extended Commissioner Roger Goodell's contract through 2027 the nfl's compensation committee updated team owners at yesterday's league meeting to inform them of the agreement goodell's tenor, which began in 2006 will reach more than 20 years uh by this contract's and no that's sports and i'm justin ellick on 77 wabc wabc news time 523 let's go down to
0: washington dc still no elected speaker of the house
1: state of ohio has received 199 Hakeem Jeffries of the state of New York has received 212. A speaker has not been elected. Ohio
0: Congressman Jim Jordan failing to get the 217 votes necessary to win the top job in the chamber during a second vote yesterday. Twenty-two Republicans voted against Jordan. That was more than the day before. The House continues to be in recess. Democrats, yesterday, they were slamming Jim Jordan. No surprise. While the Republican candidate for speaker is making late-night backroom deals... Leader Jeffries has once again extended the hand of bipartisanship for a path
2: forward. Would it surprise anyone that in addition to not passing a single piece of legislation... He's never put a piece of legislation that has made it to a committee.
0: Yeah, it continues to be a mess in Washington. Not clear what is going to happen with that House Speaker vote. Jim Jordan says he's not going anywhere. The U.S. targeting Iran's missile programs and new sanctions today. The Treasury
3: Department press release says it sanctioned 11 individuals, eight in titles and one vessel based in Iran and other countries that are enabling Iran's programs. This comes as the war in Gaza causes rising tensions
0: in the Middle East. I'm Lisa Taylor. Experts say ultra-processed foods are just as addictive as nicotine cocaine. heroin, and more than 1 in 10 people apparently are pretty hooked.
1: A new analysis of 281 studies across 36 different countries has uncovered that a staggering 14% of adults are hooked on ultra-processed foods, or UPFs. UPFs include sausage, ice cream, soft drinks, and sugary cereals, and have been linked to cognitive decline, cancer, psychological distress, and even early death. Eating ultra-processed foods triggers a rush of dopamine followed by a sudden drop-off, resulting resulting in an endless cycle of craving, getting a fix and crashing just like someone addicted to alcohol or drugs. Health conscious scientists are calling for tobacco style advisory warnings on UPFs.
0: We'll see if that happens. More American workers are back in the office than they were just a short time ago. U.S. work from home rates have dropped to the lowest since the pandemic. According to the latest census data, fewer than 26 percent of households still have someone working remotely at least one day a week. A
1: sharp decrease from the early 2021 peak of 37 Data also shows only seven states in Washington, D.C. have a remote work rate above thirty-three percent. All fifty
0: states have seen work-from-home rates fall from their pandemic highs. Nika McGaughis, NBC News Radio. You no doubt have noticed the cost of health insurance going up. The Kaiser Family Foundation releasing its annual Employer Health Benefits Survey, and the average cost for a family health insurance plan offered through an employer rose seven percent this year. You sort of wonder how much higher could it go? The report says it's the the highest rate increase in a decade and that higher prices are likely coming in the weeks when employers start their enrollments for the 2024 insurance plans. Over 150 million Americans get health insurance through their jobs. The opening bell rings this morning after markets closed sharply lower yesterday. This comes as earning reports from major companies continue to roll in. It's also as investors continue to monitor the war between Hamas and Israel and the impact it may have on. On the overall economy at the closing bell yesterday, the Dow had lost three hundred thirty two points. S&P 500 dropped 58. The Nasdaq fell two hundred and nineteen points. Talk Radio 77 W.A.B.C it's the 77 wabc news hour talking the news with Noah laden all the news you need to know with joe nolan traffic justin ellick sports and now talking the news with Noah on 77 wabc yep that's me 531 good morning it is thursday october 19th your forecast from the ramsey mazda weather center just a beauty on the way today sunshine high 66 unfortunately the weekend in Look so great tonight and overnight rain comes in low 59 and then friday showers high 65 it's in the forecast for saturday as well if you're walking out the door with us right now so happy you are 46 and partly cloudy in stony point up in rockland county 44 and foggy in ewing down in new jersey And it is 51 and foggy here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour out on Long Island for the first time. A connection being made between suspected Gilgoat serial killer Rex Hewerman and Shannon Gilbert, whose disappearance... Led to the discovery of at least ten bodies along Ocean Parkway. Attorney John Ray, who represents Shannon Gilbert's estate, claims four new witnesses have come forward with information about Huerman. One of the witnesses claims she saw Huerman with Shannon Gilbert at the Saville Motor Lodge on Sunrise Highway in 2009. Now, the interesting thing is he held a press conference yesterday, and as he did, sitting next to him or standing next to him was Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison, who wanted to hear what he had to say. And afterwards, the Suffolk County Police Commissioner says, hey, if there are more witnesses and know more information of a connection between Shannon Gilbert and Rex Yorman or any information that might help in their investigation into Yorman, they should come forward.
3: If people have a reluctancy to come forward to law enforcement and they want to go to John Ray, then it's important that we take this information and then we follow forward
1: with uh, furthering the investigation. There are
0: so many twists and turns in that case. It's been unbelievable. Your men, of course, behind bars as he awaits trial. Let's bring it back here into the city. A woman. Critical condition. After she hit her head, fell onto the tracks. After she was shoved in midtown yesterday, the 30-year-old was standing on the southbound E train platform. This was about noon. That's the station that's at Fifth Avenue and 53rd Street. She was shoved by the creep She first hit her head on the train that was leaving the station. Then she fell to the tracks. Uh, here's the head of NYC Subway's Richard Davy.
1: Young people, ambitious young people who are just trying to live their lives are subject to ra- random attack. We can't put up with it. Listen, in the past year, we have made tremendous progress on subway crime. Crime is 9% down from where it was before COVID. But that's no consolation to the family of this young woman.
0: Now, there was a good moment where the bystanders at this station, they raced to pull this woman off the tracks. We don't know who she is. They haven't released her name. But they brought her back onto the platform. Uh, she underwent emergency, emergency surgery at the hospital. She has um, She's in critical condition with uh, all kind of head injuries, uh, injuries to other parts of her body. Fortunately, there were eyewitnesses
1: and good Samaritans that were on that platform that helped her up Back off the roadbed onto the platform.
0: So, police believe the attack was completely random, and that uh, the victim did not know the creep who shoved her into the way of that train, then onto the tracks. Police say they know who this guy is. He's somebody known to police. They have released pictures of him this morning, really clear ones. So, it's just a matter of time. Thankfully, uh, hopefully, until they uh, catch up with him. Five thirty-five. Let's go out to New Jersey, a school bus driver in Edison, really being hailed as a hero after a last-minute maneuver prevented what could have been a horrific accident yesterday morning. Edison police chief says the bus went around a curve on Rawway Road and then lost control Wednesday. Apparently, the brakes on the bus were not working, so this driver... She made these miraculous moves to avoid a huge ditch, uh, smashing a fence and slamming into the corner of a house to prevent what would have been a much worse accident. She had 30 students on the bus from John Adams Middle School. The bus came to a rest in an empty field. There were some injuries, but very minor ones. And police say it really could have been worse. They said this bus driver did an amazing job not, uh, you know, avoiding what could have been a, just a total disaster. It
2: could have been horrible. Um, but I think that she did a great job to kind of stay calm in the moment and... Miss houses and all the other objects she needed to keep those kids safe. So not
0: clear why the brakes weren't working. They'll investigate that. At least two students on the bus, minor injuries, but nobody was in the home at the time when they crashed into it. Neighbors, uh, let's go up to the Bronx. Neighbors, loved ones still on the hunt for 37-year-old Kiani Cruz who's been missing for 21 days now. Cruz's family in the Bronx getting the word out, holding a candlelight vigil last night outside her home in West Farms where police say she was last seen. Her mom uh, tried to talk about her daughter and their search for her, but she's pretty broken up.
1: Keani, if you can hear us. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> Begin to even put words together
0: yeah so kiani was living with her mom at the time uh this was on september 28th she was in her bed that night when her mother went in that morning to see if she was still there she was gone and family members have been looking for her ever since it was
3: roughly around 10 10 30 at night and she was already in her bed going to sleep when my mom woke up the next morning she was already not in the bed
0: so her family says It is not like her at all to not communicate with the family for periods of time. And, of course, that's part of what's got them so worried. I
3: just want her to come back home. That's the bottom line. We will not stop until Keani is back home safe and
0: sound. Checked in with the NYPD last night. Says there's been little movement in this case. She's been missing now well, nearly three weeks. WABC News Time 539. Let's go out to the Mile Square City, Hoboken, New Jersey. Mayor Ravi Bala says he's had to beef up security after receiving death threats that go as far back as 2018. The mayor Sitting down with News 12, he says in total he's received at least three letters delivered to his home and they've gotten progressively more threatening.
3: It's unacceptable in and of itself, uh, but when it crosses the line and uh, impacts my family Uh, that um, makes it all the more concerning to me. It indicated that they knew where I lived, they knew uh, the car I drove, they knew where I went to work.
0: The mayor is sick, as in uh, he wears a turban, uh... And uh, I should t- tell you, uh, just so you n- uh, know my background, I know the family well because uh, his kids went to school with mine. Uh, he says uh, the life of his wife, his children have been threatened. He says his family started receiving the letters as far back as 2018. It was
1: that kind of a letter uh,
3: that really uh, uh, impacted us as a, as a family. Um, and... Uh, with the help of law enforcement, uh, they were very helpful in ensuring
0: our safety. So apparently the first letter the mayor received asked him to resign shortly after a second letter threatened his life. And a third letter to the mayor says the author gave him a final warning. There were threats not just to kill him, but also threats to kill his wife and kids. Bala says a recent round of letters were jolting with an increase of severity in language and the threats that were used against him. I'm a sick American. Um, although,
3: hate speech against any community, uh, even if misidentified out of ignorance, is completely
0: unacceptable. So far, Hoboken cops have not been able to figure out who's behind these letters. An investigation underway over allegations that racial taunts were directed at cheerleaders of a high school in Rockland County. This was during a football game last week, the varsity game at Lakeland High School, uh, drawing a huge crowd It was the cheerleaders from the other school, Nyack High, who say they were targeted, mostly uh, African-American. In a letter to parents, superintendent there says the squad was taunted during halftime and while they were boarding the bus after the game and that some of them heard uh, racist uh, comments thrown in their direction as they stood in line at concession line. Now, parents who send their kids to Lakeland High say they were surprised by this. That's just something we don't want coming in here. We don't condone that at all. We don't respect it. And we, we
2: respect everybody we play, including the cheerleaders. It,
0: so, Nyack High is 55% non white compared to Lakeland, which is nearly 70% white. Uh, some African American students at Lakeland High say they're not surprised to hear that black students at a competing school were taunted.
3: It's upsetting, but it's not surprising at the same time because, you know, We go through stuff like this on almost a daily basis with people in our schools.
0: 542 out to Long Island. A white Ford Explorer crashing through a fence went bobbing into the water right outside of a club in Stony Brook. Onlookers uh, shouted to help as this car sure looked like it was going to sink with the guy inside. And so complete strangers, of course, who were just out having lunch. This was the middle of the day. Put down their lunch and raced to help this person in this Ford Explorer. One of them was Ian Shawnee, one of the good Samaritans who jumped into action to try to pull this guy out of the Ford Explorer before it sank. He
3: nosedived right into the water here, floated directly over.
2: I started taking off my shoes and stuff and dove in the water.
3: I'm on my knees on the dock there, and Greg was in the water at the driver's side window. And I was at the passenger side window, able to reach in.
0: You don't know what you're going to do in a moment like this, but uh, these two coming forward, uh, Eon. And the other one is Greg Sund, who is uh, 64. He was also out eating his lunch. He said the quits instincts uh, helped rescue this driver from the sinking car. I
2: reached in and grabbed
3: his legs and waist and sort of lifted it up. I start to pull him up and out. Um, Greg's behind, pushing him up behind. I get him out of uh, of the car right then. We get him onto the dock. He's on his knees.
0: And really just moments later after they pulled him out of the window of the car, the car completely sank. So, of course, the big question is, why did he plow through the front fence and into the water in Stony Point? Well, apparently, he just mistook the brake for the gas. I
3: get him out of, uh, of the car right then. We get him onto the dock. He's on his knees. With he just gears? made a mistake with the gears. He said he thought he was going into reverse. He was still in drive.
2: Do you consider mm-hmm. yourself a hero? No. Good Samaritan. Just at the right place, right time. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I would say that they were heroes. 544. Let's bring it back here into the city. New York City trying to move more migrants. Out of shelters to make room for the steady flow of new migrants coming into the city, some 4,000 a week. It's the highest number since the migrants have been bussed here from the U.S.-Mexico border over the last year. So now the migrants, when they come, they're given 60 days in shelter, and then they uh, will be pushed out of those shelters. And if they have not found a new place, they'll have to go back to the Roosevelt Hotel and apply for a new shelter. So some New Yorkers don't like that. They say that these migrants should be given more time in the shelter to find a
2: place. To
3: put women, children, or any person on the street, or to give them X amount of days. I think it's wrong.
2: They should have the kids in a shelter with their parents and find housing for them.
0: Yeah. So once again, those 60 days are up. If the migrants can't find housing, they have to go back to the uh, city's intake center to seek out new shelter. Mayor Adams saying, uh, it is so overwhelming at this point. So many people coming on buses from the U.S. Mexico border that he says just a matter of time till migrants are sleeping in the streets. 5.45, 5.45, let's head over to the 77WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellen.
1: Thank you, Noam. i start on the diamond with the MLB playoffs where the ALCS continued last night between the Astros and Rangers with the series now in Arlington. Road wins, apparently, aren't hard to come by in this series with Houston pulling out the 8-5 victory in Game 3 to give them life. Now down two games to one, the Astros. We'll see if they can even things up in Game 4, set for it tonight at 8.03 p.m., As the action remains in Arlington, as for the NLCS between the Phillies and Diamondbacks, the Phillies look to all but put away the D-backs with the two games to none series lead heading into into game three tonight. First pitch set for 5.07 p.m. in Arizona on the ice. No local action to get to from last night. But you have Rangers hockey to look forward to tonight. They'll be welcoming in the Nashville Predators for a 7 p.m. puck drop at the Garden. And week seven in the NFL is ready to kick off between the Jacksonville Jaguars and New Orleans Saints on Thursday night football kickoff is scheduled there for 8:15 p.m in new orleans and the saints go in as one and a half point favorites also out of the nfl the league has officially extended commissioner roger goodell's contract through 2027 the nfl's compensation committee updated team owners at yesterday's league meeting to inform them of that agreement goodell's tenor which began in 2006 will reach more than 20 years by this contract's end that's sports know, and I'm Justin on 77 WABC. All right,
0: let's catch you up with the big stories of the morning. Continues to be the mess in the Middle East. Gut wrenching images yesterday as more funerals take place in Israel after the Hamas attack there almost two weeks ago. Yesterday was a rough one to watch. A 12 year old Israeli boy saying goodbye to both of his parents and his uh, two siblings, along with his grandmother, who were all murdered by Hamas militants. The only reason. He's still around to tell what took place is he had gone out for a jog on Saturday morning early just uh 12 years old Out for that jog. And while he was out for that jog near the uh, southern border of Israel is when those militants, those terrorists raced in and went on their murder rampage. He was able to hide. And that's why he is alive today. Yesterday was the funeral for the entire family. It was rough to watch this 12 year old sitting there saying goodbye to his entire family. A thousand people showing up for what was a really an emotional funeral service for the Zohar family. Uh, As that funeral was taken, Taking place, They were interrupted four separate times by air raid sirens and incoming rocket fire from Gaza. So it has not stopped. By the way, on the northern border where Hezbollah is, uh, there has been rocket fire there into Israel as well. Today, uh, the troops still massed on the southern Gaza border. The Israeli troops waiting for the signal to go in for a ground war campaign. That has not happened yet. That is we continue to hear stories of people who escaped everything that has taken place over the last 10 days or so. A Long Island resident is home safe after she escaped the initial Hamas attacks at that Israeli music festival in the Negev where 260 people were slaughtered. She is a great neck native, Natalie Sanadanjai, who says the rockets began flying overhead before the gunfire started. You don't know what direction to
2: run in and every decision you make either saved your life or got you killed so
0: she was running she says for at least four hours after that attack she says then a guy in a pickup truck offered to take her back into town that same guy apparently took lots of people back into town going back and forth again 260 people of course killed in that october 7th attack at that music festival back here in the city uh, some of the families of those who have loved ones being held hostage by Hamas in Gaza, stank, taking their places outside the United Nations, asking the UN to get involved to negotiate the release of their loved ones. There's
3: only one thing and only one thing to do right
0: now. Bring them home. Not clear if the UN's going to help out too much, but they said, hey, they're going to try every avenue that they can. That taking place as pro-Palestinian demonstrators spilling into the streets, Steinway Street in Astoria, Queens yesterday, by far the mi- biggest pro-Palestinian march we have seen in New York since everything has taken place in the Middle East, the rally uh, going uh, on to uh, blocks and blocks long, uh, people speaking out through uh, speakers and uh, people on the street, here are some of them. As
3: people who live in the United States, we subsidize the murder of Palestinian children with our Tax dollars. So,
0: this group expressing frustration at the U.S. media, at President Biden for taking sides. They're mad at Governor uh, Kathy Hochul, who's in Israel today in a solidarity mission.
3: and wash the blood off of their hands by providing so-called humanitarian aid that we would not need if they didn't pay for the bombs that were dropped on the people of Gaza in the first place. A couple of days ago, people, a kid in Chicago got stabbed 26 times. That was a hate crime, and this is not right at all.
0: By the way, I should point out, as those hostage families were outside the UN asking for the UN to help negotiate the release of their family members inside the UN, the United States, uh, vetoed a resolution that would have, um, the, is this wrong? I'm looking at this information as I'm reading it. Well, they should say the U.N. vetoed a resolution that um, would have uh, condemned Hamas for the attacks on Israel. And that taking place as hundreds of people entered the U.S. Capitol building yesterday and dozens of them arrested. These were also people calling for Palestinian riots. <laughs> get the idea. Uh, it went on for a while. Not clear how many people were arrested. Others say that they were legally in the building, had gone through security. Uh, Capitol Police, U.S. Capitol Police say that will sort this out with us uh, and tell us everything that took place with a press conference later today. And Governor Hochul is in Tel Aviv in this solidarity mission with Israel. She touched down Wednesday morning at Ben-Gurion Airport. Tell you what I've seen. The resiliency of the Jewish people. The strength of people that I've sat with who, under ordinary circumstances, you just wonder how they can deal with the the pain that they must be feeling. She's been meeting with some of the families who lost loved ones.
1: I saw a board which had all the funerals, the daily funerals that were going through. There were 12 today from this one
0: place in the south where they had all come together at a hotel just to find some sanctuary. For the Jewish
1: people that I met today, the Israelis who said we're here to stand up for what is right, I was in awe of their strength and their courage.
0: Governor Hochul will be in Israel until Friday. Let's bring it back over to Brooklyn. Officials in Brooklyn issuing a warning about vials found in Fort Greene Park that may contain fentanyl. They're, do, they're doing some tests on them. These are tiny red plastic canisters that have turned up on the central lawn and in playgrounds across Fort Greene Park there are serious concerns uh, that they could uh, contain fentanyl. Park personnel have posted photos of the vials on social media warning park to be careful. You'll remember it was just last month that a one-year-old Bronx boy died after being exposed to trace amounts of fentanyl at a daycare center that ended up being a front for a drug operation up in the Bronx. The MTA announcing that its leaf-zapping laser train is back and will be uh, uh, out and about all fall metro north has given its laser train a new look this year wrapping it in a bold new display so as to make it more visible to the public as it's a problem every autumn the wet slimy sludge caused by crushed leaves that fall on the tracks and that mess can delay trains so as first used by long island railroad in 2017 and then brought over to metro north the laser train does its thing by removing the leaves with the lasers And Metro North was able to clean over 12,000 miles of track with the laser train last fall during a test period. James Swippen for 77 WABC News. Yeah, I don't think the laser sounds like that. Uh, Connecticut unveiling its branding and marketing campaign, a new logo and a new website. So their Their new logo for Connecticut is Make It Here.
1: We can put a flag in the ground and say that this is who Connecticut is, this is what we offer, and this is what we are proud of. You can make your life here. You can make your career here. You can make your business here, your family here.
0: You can, uh, well, you can, his name is Anthony Anthony, by the way, the chief campaign marketing person who is behind this campaign. There's displays at uh, Bradley International Airport. You'll see signage on Metro North trains and, of course, all across social media. So this
1: maker's manifesto is the cornerstone of our brand identity, and it's a piece of our greater marketing campaign it will inspire 30 second commercials, 15 second commercials and 6 second digital commercials.
0: Governor Lamont says the Make It Here campaign will show the world what Connecticut has to offer. And finally down in New Jersey, a Monmouth University announcing plans for a new building on campus that'll house Bruce Springsteen's archives. The New Jersey's uh, native son says he's honored by the project and says he's glad he can get some junk out of his house and hand it over to the university. I'm
1: glad about that. Because it was really getting cluttered in there, so now, now I got some place to
0: this Yeah, the school announcing yesterday they've launched a campaign to raise $45 million to help build the Bruce Springsteen 30000 square foot facility.
3: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.